You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Everyone, uh, good morning to those joining us online. I wonder why I am struggling with my what you might call this thing today. Anyway, yes, it's an exciting day to be alive. We thank God for grace. We thank God for mercy. Can we please celebrate uh, Chine, our pastor in charge of maturity, for bringing us that short word. We're going to be building on that. Uh, can we also celebrate the band this morning for leading us in such intense worship to God? Okay, I trust everyone is doing well. I hope you're doing great. I hope you are thriving. Um, if you need someone to talk to, you need counsel, you need someone to pray with, we have our leaders and our ministers in the room present. So don't be in a hurry to leave, just grab someone. If you ask any of the ushers, they can point you to any leader or any minister. Feel free to walk up to me. Um, some of our ministers and pastors are seated on this side of the room. Some of them are in the crowd. Um, so just reach out to someone. Don't go home with that burden alone, okay? And we trust God that every burden you've come here with, you will not leave with in Jesus' name. All right, so we're getting into the word. I'm excited this morning because we're switching things up a bit. Amen? Yes, we're doing things differently this morning. And joining me on stage is Demilade. We call him Bishop. Yes. So he'll be joining me this morning and we'll be bringing you the word. Okay? Yes. Okay, so just to mention to um, everyone in the room here and also those watching online that you have an opportunity to um, ask questions. Yes, it's also another thing that is different this morning. We're going to take a few questions. We trust God for time. This time that I'm looking in front of me is not correct. It cannot be correct. Multimedia. So please fix it. Yes, but we want to be able to take questions. We know that we don't have so much time to take questions, but maybe two or three maximum. What to do is to send your questions via WhatsApp or a text message to the number, the church line displayed on screen. Yes, multimedia, please, can we have it on screen? You can send a WhatsApp message or a text message. And if you're watching online, we have our pastors and ministers online as well. So feel free to post your um, question either on IG or YouTube. We can't take every question in the room this morning. However, we plan to respond to all questions in the course of the week. So some would feature as social media posts, uh, while those who text or WhatsApp directly, you're likely to get a direct response from us before the end of the week. All right, let's get into it. Father, we thank you. We're excited, we're grateful. It's such a blessing and a privilege to be in your presence again this morning as a body of believers, as your children. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you breathe on us. Teach us yourselves. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would break every mindset, every wrong ideology. Um, we ask, Lord, that we would leave here refreshed, re-energized, renewed, and transformed in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Hi, Demilade. Hi, Pastor Sal. Hey. <laughs> Are you Demilade? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Demilade over there as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Demi. Yes, I've forgotten that there are two Demilades in church. All right. So let's get into the word quickly. Uh, still on our growth series. We started a teaching series last Sunday. 
uh, grow. Um, two Sundays back, actually. Uh, if you're just joining us, if this is your first time in church or this is your first time joining online, we encourage you to go to our SoundCloud uh, page, the LifePoint Church, to catch up on the messages. But this morning we're talking about the lifestyle of faith, the lifestyle of faith. And Chinea has provided a very interesting background. She's laid a foundation for us, which we are going to build on this morning. All right, let's take um, a scripture very quickly from the book of Luke chapter 22 from verse 31 to 32. All right, it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So Demlade, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Yeah. Let's talk about that a bit. How does faith fail? And what does it look like when faith fails? So, um, I'm just going to try and be as practical as possible. Absolutely. There are times when, you know, you receive a promise from God. You receive some clarity from God on a matter. Uh, say, you know, I'll give an example. I lost my job recently. And, um, and so I believed God and I just sort of stood on the word of God. And God says that he has given me all things richly to enjoy so i'm like okay so job is not really a hard thing for you to do but in standing on that promise months days weeks will pass by and that vision that clarity that you receive from god starts to wane and dwindle and you're like god what you said but you said but mm. you said and your faith starts to your resolution the strength you have just starts to reduce that is a situation where someone's faith has started to fail because mm. it's no longer bringing the, you no longer see the result of that, that, that uh, demand that you're placing on God coming into fruition. Thanks a lot for that. I, I like the analogy you've given, which is a very practical experience of yours. You having to lose a job. I mean, that's so real. Last year, a lot of people lost jobs or got pay cuts. You know, some businesses don't exist anymore due to the effects of the pandemic. So that is so real. Um, just looking at what Jesus was trying to say to Peter here, because I imagine, first of all, he calls him Simon, you know, <laughs> and that's an interesting um, that's an interesting reference for those who are Bible scholars here. The, the word Simon means read. A read is flexible. A read can be swayed. You know, but Jesus, as at the time he meets Simon, would call him Peter and call him a rock. So in, in this instance where he's saying to him, guy, something is coming, coming at you. Like the enemy is making a petition right now, trying to get at you. But I am praying for you that your faith will not fail. But, you know, he doesn't then say, you, I'm praying that your faith will not fail. But he says to him, when you have returned to me, strengthen your, your breath. So which means that he's not saying you will not encounter or Satan will not be, his, his request will not be acceded to. Mm. He's not saying that you will not encounter those trials or tribulations. He's saying when you go through. Come out on the other side. And you exactly, and you've come out on the other side. Remember to. Help the people, help who, the are people behind. who are behind mm. you. So the people who are going through similar trials and tribulations. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so. Uh, when we talk about faith, yeah, a lot of people think it's something that you, you have to walk up <laughs> in a situation. So you lose a job, 
your heart gets broken, your relationship ended, no money in your bank accounts, you're not living... <laughs> Somebody said, ah, yeah. No, not but the same I mean, person. Not the same person. <laughs> I mean, this, so we're trying to speak to different issues that we, 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 we deal with as human beings living in the 21st century mm -hmm. in Nigeria, in Lagos. Just in case you're wondering, my faith does not need to be that deep if I'm in America or in Canada. <laughs> it's because I have, to, I have to apply faith on light issues. Or apply faith for traffic. I have to apply faith for security problems, you know. But whatever it is, guys, what we're saying is, just in case you're here and you're feeling like my faith, I have to walk it up in the midst of a problem, you know. I have to walk it up. I have to dig it out and utilize it in the face of trial and tribulation. We want to just take you back a bit. Uh, we want to look at the scriptures together. Absolutely. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures, by the way. I'll encourage you that you document them so you can read up a whole lot more when you get home. But let's talk about identity for a bit, because we realize as believers, it is impossible to discuss faith effectively without an understanding, a fundamental understanding of who we are. Okay? Yes. So let's talk about identity in Romans 8.15. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We cry out, Father, because we have been made sons. We're sons, yes. Exactly. We've been made sons. So if we don't know who we are, uh, just like Chinayen mentioned, you don't know that there's money in the room. Okay, you, you, you don't, you, you're not sure because you can't see it visibly. You can't see it tangibly. You can't touch it. However, it exists. Now, if you don't understand the relationship that you have with God as your father, it is almost impossible to be able to place a demand yeah. and ask that that relationship deliver value for you. It's like having, you know, uh, what was that example I gave you earlier when we were discussing? So, for example, if I say to you guys, some, someone walks up to me and say, I need money. And I'm like, okay, I'll write you a check of $100,000. No shaking. <laughs> you, no you, you believe me, right? Absolutely. God bless you. Absolutely. Someone just rolled their eyes at me like $100,000. You can't do it. You're more than able. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you. But if perchance I introduced you to Bill Gates. Hello. And he says, oh, okay. Got you. We got your letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will send you a check of $100,000. The way you will walk this week, like China mentioned, will be very different. Your swag will be on another level. Why? Because you believe that Bill Gates, over and above me, yes, is bankable. His word is dependable because he has capacity, he has right? Dollar. He has dollars. He has dollars, exactly. <laughs> and you are not sure that I currently earn in dollars, okay? So, I mean, that, that's as, as interesting as that analogy is, is literally how we apply our faith. We don't believe that God has the capacity or can do what he says he will do because we do not even know the access that we have to him. We don't know what his word says of us. And so it is, a lot of times when we're in the midst of trials, it's difficult to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on the word because we don't even know what the word says. Now, flip that script. If I said to my daughter, when she comes to meet me, and I say to her, I'm going to take you, I don't know, take you somewhere, maybe take you to Disneyland, or I'm going to buy you a, a pretty dress. My daughter will run away feeling very sorted. She doesn't have to worry about how mommy is going to pay for it. She doesn't have to worry about 
Is it going to happen? Except if I've been a perpetual liar, amen, and I don't keep to my word. But more often than not, your kids will believe you when you say to them you will do something for them. When you have disappointed them, disappointed them over time, then they struggle to accept your word. But with God, when we don't even know that he's our father, it is difficult to be able to believe stand or to even see and to stand on the word. And, and as such, sometimes when we're asking him to do stuff for us or we want him to come through for us, we're checking to see if he's done it. Now, if you're like me, several years back as a planner, where you'd have plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, all the way up until Z, possibly. <laughs> and it's very interesting because if, if, if you have that type of mindset, you might struggle a bit in your work with God, in your faith, because the Christian journey is a faith journey, okay? Our, our, our work with God is hinged on our faith in Jesus. Now, when I was dating my husband, it was very difficult to, we had to have very frank conversations because when I asked him to help get something done, I already had backup plans just in case he didn't come through. Should in case. Just in, exactly. Mm. Should in case he just doesn't deliver. And maybe it's because of experiences over time. You know, people just not following through. I do not like to be at the mercy of people and have to depend on them. And unconsciously, I realized that that was exactly how I applied myself in my work with God because I did not like to be disappointed. So if I'm trusting God for money or trusting him to make a way for me, you know, there's a high likelihood that I have also talked to one or two other persons that I thought had the capacity to also come through for me, you know. And my husband had to have a conversation with me. Then my, my fiancé had to speak to me like, look, I need, I need all of you. If you're in this, you have got to trust me when I say I've got you covered and I will sort you out. That sort of helped me because I realized that I had to also began, uh, begin to reapply myself and re-engage the word differently and just internalizing the word a whole lot more, meditating on the word, speaking the word, and watching it perform. Uh, sometimes it will not happen the way I want it to. Sometimes it will not happen when I want it to. And we're going to talk about that um, in a bit more detail. Can okay. I just uh, say Please. something very quickly? Yes. So, um, again, we said we're going to be talking through a bunch of scriptures, but one of the scriptures I wanted to put out there is Ephesians 1.11. It says, in him, that's Jesus Christ, we have received an inheritance. So, essentially, because of Jesus' sacrifice, because of the price he paid for us, because he said to God, look, I'm going to take these people's place and I'm going to stand in their stead, because of that sacrifice... We have now received this massive inheritance. inheritance yeah. The Bible says that all the riches, all the wealth, all the wealth of wisdom and knowledge that is in heaven is ours because of Jesus Christ. But here's the key to that thing. It says it has been predestined by God according to the purpose of him. So God essentially had this plan at the back of his mind from the very beginning. But here's the key. It says it will only work according to the counsel of God's own will. will. So that means when God wants it to work, it will work. And that is where everybody gets into a country. They're like, okay, God, I need this. And here's my timetable. I'm telling you now, today is Sunday. Between now, but yeah, Friday at latest, I need to sort of walk up and, you know, you know, make it quick and, you know, cut it short. I'll and fast, I'll pray, and I'll do all the stuff. Everything without giving any credence to God's own will and what God wants mm. to work out. Mm. So we need to understand that. Okay. So it's interesting also because just to piggyback off what you've said, you, so God made man 
and the man made a clock. Man then decides in our intelligence and wisdom to tie God to the clock that is man-made. Remember a, a couple months back, we spoke about Kronos and, and, and Kairos. You know, we don't necessarily seek to understand God's timing. You know, Bible speaks about the sons of Issachar, that they had an understanding of the times and the seasons. So as God's children, we are expected to have an understanding of the times and the seasons of our lives. Very important to understand what God is doing with us, where we are at presently. To understand what he's saying to us will happen in the future. And we see it in the life of Abraham. We see how it plays out there. I mean, yeah. Abraham had no idea, zero knowledge where he was going to. But he chose to walk with God. And we see how he literally is termed the father of faith, yeah. you know. Uh, and he features in the popular hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Let, let's, let's, let's move on a, a bit. We, I hope you guys are, are getting something and you're able to just... Picture the events and circumstances of your lives through the scriptures, through the lenses of the word of God. So Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, the latter part says, the amplified classic translation, it says, but the rigidly just and the uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. Hmm. AKA the popular, the just shall live by, by faith. faith. Just in case you're wondering, why does that scripture sound so complex? That is exactly what he's saying. The just shall live by faith. Now we're talking about the lifestyle of faith. Uh, so when when Bible says, "Hey, what does the lifestyle of faith look like?" Looks uh, look like it is the just living by faith. The just in this sense is is the righteous person, according to um, the Amplified Classic translation here. But Demilady, let's talk about that a bit because there is a wisdom that is required for living by faith. The wisdom that is gleaned from the Word of God. So when we say the just shall live by faith, and somebody here is feeling like, look, first of all, you are. This is like holding me up to very high standards. I have to live a certain way to be able to apply faith or to be able to um, access the dividends from living a life of faith. I have to be righteous. And for someone here, you're hearing, I have to be holy. I have to stop everything that I am doing that rigidly is negative. Just. Because this scripture says rigidly <laughs> just, uncompromising. In fact, when we were looking at the scripture earlier, when we were debriefing, we were like, this is just like, you, there is no room for no error. There's no room for mistakes. But that isn't, the, that, that isn't quite it, right? Mm. This, this is just expounding on, on the definition of being just. Yeah. But can we talk about that a bit? Just to help someone who's here and feeling like, look, this whole righteousness conversation and it being tied to the quality of life that I am going to live or that I have been predestined to live is a bit, you know, wonky. Let's talk about that a bit. So, um... I'm just going to again use my own practical experience. I remember as a young man growing up, you know, you would have your issues, you would fall, you make a mistake or whatever. And my father being the gracious man that he is will always quote that scripture to me. You know, the just man falls six times and rises again. And so, you know, as a way of sort of propping me up and saying, look, it's not about how many times you fall. It's about the mindset that you have that in spite of failing and falling, I'm going to stand again. That is the mindset of a just man. And it's that mindset, that, that willingness to not be held down by defeat, mm. that is what keeps your, that is what you use as the foundation to be able to live a faith-filled life. Mm. So mm. when the Bible says the just shall live by faith, that's what it's talking about. I love that. 
I love that, but I, I think it's also um, useful to, 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 to mention at this point here that, see, when the Bible speaks about falling and rising, falling and rising, it is not necessarily a, <laughs> a, a ticket to be or a passport to mm. just be falling, just keep falling anyhow, because God is merciful, God is kind, God is gracious, and you, you would always rise, you know. We'll talk about that, you know, at some other time. We yeah. can't take that here. Just the effect of falling and rising and living, um, that's just patterning your life after that. Um. Okay, so... Uh, James 5.17, still speaking about the righteous man, the latter part says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Just in case you've seen that scripture and you've wondered, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man, and you're like, man, that's, that's not high me. standard. That's not me. That's not me. Let's go to verse 17 and see what it says. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Hmm. I love the word of God. I love the scriptures. Because you see, for every time you find something that just gets you all confused, you find, you know, another scripture that helps you understand it. It says he, he was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I think this scripture here, just, I mean, this Elijah's story here, he's, he's just going to show us that, look, a man of like passion like ours. Also a man of equal failings too. Yeah. You know, Elijah wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. He loved God. He walked with God. He was a prophet of God. But I mean, we see him at his lowest moments. If you, if you read the, the, uh, his um, story in First Kings, you see him when he was almost suicidal at the thought of dying. You see him where he gives up. You see, in fact, when the pain begins to hit home hard, we were talking earlier, and we were like, why on earth did Elijah wait three and a half years before he prayed that it would rain again? <laughs> I mean, if you go to that scripture in 1 Kings, now do you have the reference? But he actually Kings says, 20. by my word, Elijah spoke it into beings, declared it that it would not rain, and it did not rain. God honored Elijah's word. God acceded to Elijah's request. Why did Elijah, after year one, year two, seeing the effects? I imagine that people would have spoken to him. People would have complained. You know, crops would have been dying. The land would not have been thriving. Kind of like, you know, I don't want to say Nigeria because we are believing God that we're Amen. up and coming and flourishing. But you get my point. If Elijah decreed it, why didn't he also go back and reverse the decree? But see what then happens at, after three and a half years when he decides to engage God. The Bible says that he prayed and it was at the seventh time, yeah? Actually, yes. so the weird thing yeah. about it is that in this scripture, it doesn't even say that. God gives an abridged version of what happened. It's like Elijah prayed and it happened. Mm, but the, the truth is... In the history of the, it, yeah, the, the actual, actual story, book, yeah. Elijah had to pray seven, seven times. times. Just in case you're here, exactly. like, but this whole faith business, they say if I just speak the word, speak the word only, and it will happen. Mm. Elijah prayed seven times. And it was at prayer seven that he saw what looked like the feast, feast of a man. Cloud. A cloud that looks in the shape of the feast of a man. And he knew that it was going to rain. And of course, he went ahead to speak to Ahab. All right. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We're still speaking, as to, uh, speaking to our identity. He who knew no sin was Jesus. And Jesus was made sin. He took our place essentially that we may become the righteous. So every time you're having this battle in your mind about righteousness, just go to 2 Corinthians 5.21 where it says that Jesus 
uh, you have been, you are the righteousness of God in Jesus. You are the righteousness of God. So when you stand in God's presence, God is seeing the blood that has been shed on your behalf. He's seen how Jesus took your place, you know, on that cross. That isn't license to continue living a life of sin. Paul will say that, shall we continue in sin so that grace will continue to abound? That isn't it. But it is that when we fall, we, are, we have a father who is merciful and, and just and righteous enough and, and loving, more importantly, loving enough to restore us back to himself because of the sacrifice that already has been paid. Okay, so still uh, on the lifestyle of faith, what does that look like? Now, we want to go a bit more practical now. What does the lifestyle of faith look like? What does that look like? What does, what, what does that translate to in our everyday existence? Okay? And, and there was something that, interestingly, we both realized that we had, I, I trust, is, is the Holy Spirit. It's called the practice of faith. You know, what, what does that look like? If you can't have faith for seemingly little things, how then do you want to trust God for nations? How do you want to trust God for territories? How do you want to trust God for bigger things? But let's talk about practice of faith a bit. And I know you were talking about painting mental pictures. So right. do you want to expound on that? So, um, so I, was, I was explaining, with Pastor, just talking with Pastor Sola, and one of the things that came up is, for us as individuals, we're tasked with living a lifestyle of faith. But then the question is, how do I know how to live by faith? And I explained to her, I was mentioning to her that one of the things that God has taught me is that you have to be able to create a picture of how the spiritual realm operates in your mind. And once you have a picture of how that realm operates, then it's not hard for you to believe God for certain things. So I'll give an example. Um, the reason why I can, for instance, say that if Pastor Busola says she's going to send me a check of 100000 I can stand on that promises because I know that Pastor Busola, first of all, has worked a lot and has made her money, hashtag boss lady. So if she says she's going to do it, all she has to do is employ the technology of her mobile app, transfer the money to me, as long as she has internet and all those things, and her phone is fully charged, eh? which she does, then the money is coming to me. So I can paint a picture in my mind of, okay, so I can see Pastor Busola now, getting up, you know, bringing up her phone, saying to her sons, oh, her daughters, oh, hey, bring my phone, she brings the phone, press it, blah, 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 and all of that. I've painted a picture in my mind, and I know that that money is coming. Because of the clarity of the picture I have in my mm -hmm. mind, it's not hard for me to believe that that money will come. So I say that when God says, when the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, or gives us a certain promise in the Bible, if you don't have a clear picture in your mind that you can hold on to, it becomes hard for you to exercise your faith mm. for that thing. So the key is creating a picture in your mind. In your mind. Thank you so much for that. Uh, creating a picture. How? By the word. You can create mental pictures by the word. But you've got to get into the word to know what it says. You've got to get into the word to know your rights. You've got to get into the word to know the promises of God. To be able to create that mental picture. It's not seeing Beyonce and desiring her kind of money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and vision boards are great because that's also a way to even keep the picture Visualize. right in front of you. Visualize mm. it, you know, writing out the vision and all. But you've got to get into the word of God to also know what the word is saying concerning you, concerning your life, concerning health. Yeah. And which brings me to, you know, a story that I want to share very quickly. So I remember several years back before my husband and I got married, he, he had a health situation. 
major health crisis uh, that literally took both our um, earnings. In fact, then he had not even proposed. So I wasn't even sure that there was anything that was going to happen. You know, I wasn't, there, there were no guarantees that we we're going to get married. But I mean, I loved him enough and I, I thought to myself, I can do this for a friend. So it was fine to part with my hard-end earnings. I was working in the bank then um, towards his health. But that season of his life, uh, the doctors had, it was literally a kidney situation. Um, he needed a transplant and things like that. Uh, he, he had been told that he, was, he would most likely end up having to have one of his kidneys replaced because one had shut down completely, blah, blah, blah. And he was in so much pain then, it was, he, he wasn't in a good place. My husband then decided to just shut down to the world. And so he went to Latana, the popular bookstore, Christian bookstore, and he got books and messages by certain authors and preachers, and of course, his Bible. Locked himself up for about four to six months, no kidding. And my husband meditated on 122 scriptures. One more. 122. He was declaring them. So what he did was he went into the word and got out every scripture that had to do with healing, that had to do with mm. life. And he spent time meditating and regurgitating it. So speaking the word, declaring the word. Guys, I stand before you here very grateful because he never went back to the hospital again. He was healed completely. Healed completely. And we've never had any, you know, relapse Please. when it comes to his kidneys. Never. So God honors his word. God honors his word. But you've got to find that word. You've got to get into the scripture. And that word has got to become, the Bible speaks about the word becoming flesh. That word has got to become flesh to you. It has to become real to you. So you find the word that applies to your situation and then you begin to meditate on it and speak it. So I was hoping to just, again, add a little mm, extra content. Absolutely, please. Um, so, and, and this is a mental exercise I do with people whenever I speak on the subject of faith. I say, if I say to you the word dog, you don't see the letter D-O-G. You visualize a picture of a dog. Whatever dog it is you've seen in the last couple of years, that's what comes to your mind. If I change that word and I say goat, immediately in your mind, a new picture of a goat comes up. If I say red goat, again in your mind, the picture in your mind changes from just a regular goat. If the one you had before was blue, it now starts to look red. And so that is what happens when you take words and you turn them into pictures. The word of God is the same thing. The more of the word of God you read and imbibe, the more pictures you can create in your mind of who God is, who you are, Absolutely. and the promises that God has made to you and how they affect in your life. The word of God is like poster colors. Mm. The more color you have, the more vivid that picture is in your mind. Yeah. And so you need to take more and more of the word of God and feed your mind with it so that your mind has more pictures to work with. Let me give an example. If, if God says to you now, Demonade, go and pray for rain. Because I've seen in the Bible where Elijah prayed for rain and how he did it, I can sort of picture myself doing the same thing. I can see myself vividly in front of my chair, bending over and praying and maybe sending my brother Daniel and say, Daniel, go downstairs and check. And if there's no rain, come back and then go again. And I, I mean, I can see myself doing it because I have read up on the word of God so much that it paints a picture in my mind. Mm. So that's how we live practically by faith by in the faith. word of God. Yeah, that's, that's the lifestyle of faith. So faith is essentially powered by the word of God. There is no faith outside of God. 
and outside of his word, okay? Um, the building blocks of faith would always be a vibrant relationship with God. So like we said last week here, to grow in God's word, to grow in your walk with God, you have got to know him. You have got to know his word. So to grow, you've got to know, okay? So to have an active and vibrant faith lifestyle, you have got to know what the word says. You have got to spend time studying it. You have got to spend time declaring it as well. The word must be on your lips. So it's not just paying mental assent to God's word or to the knowledge of his word, knowing that he can do it, but also being able to translate that, knowledge, that head knowledge to a heart you know, engagement, a heart relationship where you believe and so you speak. You've got to believe it so you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You hear, you internalize, you believe, and then you speak. speak. So you can see the cycle. You receive the word. Remember the, the various types of grounds we spoke about on Sunday? If you missed it, you can check it up on, on SoundCloud. But you receive the word with joy and thanksgiving. You internalize it. You spend time thinking about it. You apply it to your situation. You believe it and you declare it, you declare it. So the promises of God concerning your financial situation, the promises of God concerning, you know, your life, the quality of life that he has built for you to live, the quality, the, the, the promises of God concerning your health, you have got to find them and declare them, okay? So let's move on very quickly. Uh, do we have any questions? Caleb, do we have any questions so that we can, we can take the, those before we wrap up? All right, so let's talk about transactional and relational faith. This is very interesting because we live in a time and age where we mostly come to God based off of our needs and we all do it or we have done it at some point in time. Maybe some of you are more spiritual than some of us. But at some point in time, your engagement and your relationship with God has largely been around what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, what you need. You want him to sort you out. And it's not, it's not a bad place. What we're saying is as we are striving to know God more and desiring to grow together as, you know, his, his children, you have got to move from that transactional relationship and engagement to a relational one, okay? Um, let's see, what, what scripture can we share to buttress that now? Let's look at Luke 17, 1 to 6, or well, verse uh, 5. The apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. The Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey. So the apostles were looking for the definition of increasing their faith. Remember that where they were coming from was where they had tried to cast out demons Demon from a child. And the demon woozed them bas -bos badly, <laughs> you know. And they were then here and they're like, God, you, we've seen you. I mean, Jesus, we saw you speak to this fig tree and the thing, you know, just, just dried up like that. We've seen you do stuff. So show us how to increase our faith. Uh, the New King James um, translation says, um, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. But we're, we're using this NLT here because you, when you say increase our faith, what does it mean? And then Jesus was even saying, to, so this particular translation is like, show us how, how do we increase our faith? So, so I was, I, I mean, we had this conversation, I was talking to Pastor Sola, I was saying, the Bible explains to us clearly that God has given to every single person what he calls the measure of faith. Mm. So it's a definite measure and he gives it to each person. And these disciples are coming to Jesus saying, okay, thank you, sir, you're giving me 
quote unquote, five liters of faith. But can you show me how to get maybe like 15 liters so that I can do more? And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not about increasing your faith by adding more to it. Mm. It's about finding more avenues to express the faith you already have. And so rather than focusing on trying to look for some other source of faith to add to yours, why don't you look for avenues where you can actively express that? And it makes it simple. It says, simple thing as looking at a tree and just saying, okay, be removed and be thrown into the sea. That's as simple an avenue for expression of your faith. And it's as you express that faith over and over again in different circumstances that your faith grows. Absolutely. Uh, thanks a lot for that because it, it just helps us understand better that, look, it's not, it's not, a, it's not um, a container where you're measuring the quantity of my faith on Monday morning after church service, my faith level is high. <laughs> By the time I've done traffic during the week, my boss has done what bosses do sometimes, the economy has fuel price and all that, my faith level for anything has depleted. And then I'm saying, God, increase my faith. So when we pray that prayer, it's not wrong to actually pray that. Yeah. However, it is the response that you get, just in case you're expecting a supernatural top-up of faith. Even though the Bible does speak about the spirit of faith, but that's yeah. another conversation for another day. But that's what will happen is opportunities yeah. that would enable the activation or reactivation or enlargement of your faith. That's what will come your way in terms of response, okay? And that's why Jesus will use that very practical example to say, you can say to this tree, move from here to there. So you can look at any situation in your life. Try out with the seemingly little things, Absolutely. the seemingly little things that don't mean so much, and then build on your, on your faith as you trust God and, and apply his word and you have an understanding of the times and the seasons of your life and, and watch your faith grow. Okay. I was going to give a quick example as well. Yeah. I remember growing up, my father used to tell me, oh, I exercise my faith, you know, in the little things. And he would tell me about how he used to use his faith for Nepal and all that. Me, I want to use my faith for dollars. For, and he's like, no, learn how to use your faith. But sorry, for <laughs> real guys, we need to, God needs to help us in this nation. The things we use, use our faith for, we need to, we need to grow as a nation. Mm. I'm not even speaking to us as individuals now. I mean, your father was using his faith for Nepa, back then for Nepal. We are still using our faith for Nepal. <laughs> I mean, please go on. So, so again, it's finding ways to activate your faith in the simple, small things. You know, and it, again, like I said, if you have that picture in the back of your mind, it's easy for you to say, okay, because I know God, Jesus has died for me, because I know that I have access to an Im immense amount of blessings, I can always find ways to just exercise that exercise. faith in the small things. Exercise, 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 exercise. Practice, absolutely, exercise. exercise. You know, so we were talking earlier about um, angels. In, in, in the light of all of this. And we had a very interesting conversation, you know, because I was, I was so, I mean, do you want to share what you shared? And then I would explain the analogy so I gave. I, I was talking about how the Bible says that angels have been sent as ministering spirits to, to heirs of salvation. Basically, I said that if you have the right picture in your mind, if you know that there's power available to you, you can speak the words and give your angels errands and say, look, angels... Here, go and do... I mean, we're not saying you should be calling out your angels, but... Gabriel. You know, Gabriel, yeah. Go and, no. Michael. Just speaking yeah. the word 
gives them power with which to go and it energizes do them. Energizes them. Yes. Exactly. So when you re- when you decree. So I remember when I spoke earlier about believing the word and then speaking it. Bible says that you believe the word and then you you know speak. we speak. So I believe and then I speak. When we believe and we speak, we energize and activate our angels on 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 errand. You know. And I was saying to him, I remember several years back as a as a teenager just being in a certain church and you know, they were talking about the concept of angels. So essentially the person was leading prayers and was saying to us, the pastor was saying to us, look, some of you, your angels have grown pot bellies. Your angels, their wings, they cannot even carry their wings now because they are so fat, you know, and they are fat because you're not sending them on an errand. You're not, you know, they're not ministering on your behalf. They're not going on assignments. In fact, some angels are required, they are petitioning God to be reassigned from you because if they stay with you, they will live a purposeless and meaningless existence because they are doing nothing at all. He was then saying, but my angel, I cannot even say, I can't share what he said, but he was saying, but his angels, summary of it is, his angels are very built. Their muscles are, hmm. Because they are constantly walking. If, if anything, maybe they are looking to be reassigned to people because they walk too much, you know. But bottom line is, in the lifestyle of faith, when we speak our words, when we release our words to the atmosphere, I hope you know that the elements here, I, I hope you know that the, the earth hears, just in case you're wondering, it's in the scripture, actually. So when you, when you speak, you can command. The Bible speaks about commanding your morning in, in, in the book of Job, I think. Yeah. You, know? you can actually decree to the elements. You can speak to, you know, to the earth and all. Sometimes I find that what limits us is we want to see it. We, we want to see the proof. And it's not out of place to see the proof. You see, I remember one, ex, uh, one, one um, experience I had some time back, and it was just that the lucky one, roundabout there. I was doing school runs. I went to drop off my daughter in school and I was coming back out. And just as I was approaching that roundabout, the Holy Spirit said to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost regarding that roundabout and decree that there'll be no accident. I'm like, that's so random. Like, how? You know? And in my mind, because that's how me and God operate. I push back sometimes and go, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And, and I start to argue and I'm like, but God, why do but I have why? to pray? But why? <laughs> you know, like, okay, I won't even know if it happened. I won't know if God was like, I gave, speak. And it was so urgent. And I just began to pray. You know, and as my driver was approaching, I told him to slow down. You know, and I was just praying. See, God is looking for people in this generation that he wants to send on errand. But you have got to make, that relationship has got to be there. It's got to be active such that you can hear. And I remember one of my mentors saying to me how that he, he, he took a journey on a plane and he was anointing Nigeria, you know, anointing the land. Uh, I mean, God is looking for people to work with. Absolutely. God is looking for people to work with. So we must make ourselves available. So guys, if your angels are robust and overfed, please activate them. Speak the word and send them on errand, okay? Amen. Let them minister on your behalf. All right, so lastly, uh, we see in Psalm 103 verse 7, Scripture says, he made known his ways to Moses. Just still talking about the principles by which spiritual things operate. God made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. His ways to Moses. The ways speak to relationship. Yeah having an understanding of the spiritual principles of God, understanding how God works, understanding, you know, I don't want to say how he reasons because the truth is we really can't fathom him completely. But God is looking, but God will call Moses into his presence and pour into him and give him instructions. Moses understood the ways of God. 
But the children of Israel, which are, I mean, sometimes we are like that because all we want is what we can eat, what we can, we're only concerned about the acts. Kind of like the analogy Chinaya gave. We press the ATM and the money comes out. We, as the children of Israel, are just interested in seeing the money come out. The acts of God is what mattered to the children of Israel. But the ways was what God revealed to Moses. And I, I dare say that the one who understands the ways of God is the one that can enjoy both his acts and even beyond that, you, you live a, a, the quality of your life is far different. Where people are looking to just get their next job, get married, have children, and that's all they can see, being the chairman of a bank or the MD, that's all. God is looking for people to speak to about nations. He's looking for people to speak to about communities. He's looking for people to share a burden with. The Bible speaks about God speaking to Abraham and saying, shall I do this thing when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Shall I do this thing and not reveal to my friend Abraham? That same Abraham, guys, I hope you know he didn't know Jesus, but he featured in the all of faith here as the father of faith. And he wasn't perfect like we discussed. He wasn't perfect. There was a time, I mean, for about, what, 25 years was when he held on to the promise that he would be father of nations. It was about 25 years, 25 right? Years. Yeah. He held on to that promise and eventually, we see even in the course of waiting in, that, in those 25 years, I mean, an Ishmael showed up. A sticky, sticky situation that has remained with us <laughs> till date. It showed up. But doesn't, just, doesn't that tell you, when you look at that Hebrews 11, and guys, please go and read, go and see the people who made it in there. You have Rahab in there. You have, it's amazing. Absolutely. And just speaks to the awesomeness and the kindness and the goodness and the all-round loving nature of the Father that we have. Absolutely. So that is to encourage every one of us here at whatever level, a measure of faith has been given to you. Start from where you are and don't stay there. We're growing together this month. You, you've got to get into the word. You've got to pray. You've got to study the word. You've got to meditate on the word, okay? Absolutely. And let it come alive. All right, so lastly, just... The character of relational faith. So we believe the word, we speak, speak the word, like we said, and we act on the word. Do you want to spend like 30 seconds just talking about acting on the word? So again, once you know that something has been done, like Pastor Chi was saying, there is a way that you carry yourself around with the knowledge that that thing has been done. And that's part of what we talked about when I said Abraham did not, Bible says he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He refused to consider anything else. So he would see his wife, she looks a little bit old, but he's like, nope, I refuse to look at that. He will look at himself in the mirror and see himself and say, nope, I refuse to look at that. I choose to act as though the thing that I'm believing God for is here. And that is how we consciously act on the word of God. You have to do things you have to do certain things. Another thing you have to do is you have to talk to the Holy Spirit regularly. Absolutely. Because he's the one who will show you how to act on the word of God. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. Um, scripture says in Psalm 119 verse 130 that the entrance of God's word gives light. It gives light. You know, When light is released through the study of God's word, faith is activated. Okay? Um, and the greatest enemy, really, the hindrance to the activation of our faith is a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And you glean knowledge, revelation knowledge from the word of God. Light comes by studying the word. Okay? All right, let us pray. Let us pray. Let's pray. Uh, can we just speak to God? 
and ask him for grace, grace to live this lifestyle of faith that we've expounded on this morning. Uh, you know where you are at in your walk with God right now. Can you just talk to him and ask him for grace? Ask him to help you. That the measure of faith you have, you will utilize and you will grow it. You will grow in your walk with him. You will grow in your understanding of him. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to take this declaration from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 to 20. And I would encourage that in your spare time this week. In fact, there's an assignment on it. But I'll speak to that after praying. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We are grateful. If you have a prayer language, just pray in the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to know God and to walk with Him. And there is so much God wants to reveal to us. There is so much. He's the owner of our lives, the writer of the scripts of our lives, the one who designs our journeys and our destinies. He's the one that can reveal to us if when we choose to sit with him like the sons of Issachar to gain an understanding of the times and the seasons of our lives, the times and the seasons of our nation, our communities, our extended families. There is so much God wants to pour into us and he's looking for sons. God is looking for sons. God wants his sons to arise and take their place to take their place in the corporate world, in the marketplace. He wants, he wants his sons to take their place. And when I say sons now, it's not gender specific. It's both male and female. He wants his sons to take their place in government, to take their place and reform the, the, the sectors and the systems that exist in our nation. He wants his sons to arise and change, you know, the family institution where fathers will become fathers indeed where the homes will become safe spaces for children to grow and thrive. God is looking for people to place burdens in their hearts who would intercede and spend time and trust Him to come through. The people who will stand in the gap and bear burdens. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your will for everyone here under the sound of my voice and online just as it was your will for the church at Ephesus. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through deepening intimacy with him in Jesus' name. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to, to you through faith. Then your life will be an advertisement of this immense power as it walks through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Jesus from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. I would also declare from Ephesians 3, 15 to 20, I pray that the perfect father of every father and child, this is the Passion Translation, in, in heaven and on the earth will unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor 
until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. I pray that by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life in Jesus' name. I pray that you will be empowered to discover what every only one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. I pray that this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God in Jesus' name. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, where you don't doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all this, I declare that he would achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, that God would exceed your wildest imagination, that he would outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. If you've been blessed today, would you just celebrate Jesus? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so if you still have questions, just in case you were, you know, focusing on what was being shared and you didn't have time to send your questions, if you still have questions, please text it or WhatsApp it to the church number. You can send us an email at hello at lifepointng or you can even just reach out to us on um, any of our social media handles at lifepointng. All right, so last week we gave an assignment. We said no scripture, no social media, no scripture, no food, no scripture, no sleep. Okay, so how many people participated in the challenge? How many people were able to do no scripture, no, at least use that to ensure you got in the word on a daily basis? Awesome. We continue that till the end of the month, so please join us if you haven't. Try and read a scripture, you know, before you get on social media. Try and read a scripture before you eat for those whose, I mean, social media is not really your thing. Maybe it is food, maybe it is sleep, but we encourage you, get into the words just as we have spoken. The more of God you know, you become more like him as you know him. You become more like him. You are transformed. Okay? All right. So, uh, in addition to that, Ephesians 1, 17 that I read or prayed out of, can you declare it over yourself? So, 17 to 20, just make that declaration every day over yourself. And you're essentially asking God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. We can't know him just by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to help us know him. God bless you all. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.